0: You know, with watching everything, as you're saying, that's going on in the world and climate change and everything like that, it, it's, it's really started to reassess um, it, it, Yeah, reassess if it's viable and if it's fair um, bringing a, a, a child into this world. What we do here is go back, 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 back. back. back i love it how this has become our thing now if you now go back and listen to it all we are back
1: look we have to provide some small amount of continuity in what is
0: a show with with very very little continuity oh yeah definitely definitely but yeah no oh good afternoon saturday afternoon um it's been another good week um you know just the mundane working and things like that but making sure i'm getting out and about and and slowly seeing more of the city and the new infrastructure things that are coming in now that we're in level one. So um yeah, a lot going on up here. A lot going on.
1: And the big city of sales. Someone I remember on the radio the other day, someone was talking about, you know, Auckland approaching two million
0: people. And I was like, damn. Yep. That's a big old city. It's a big it's a big place. There's a lot of people. It's it's crazy watching how obviously being in lockdown there were like less people on the streets and cars on the road and things like that. And now that we're getting back into the new normal, like mm. what they like to call it, um, it's definitely not what it was. But just, yeah, the amount of sheer people on the streets and cars on the road, it's crazy up here. Absolutely crazy compared Bro, to Wellington.
1: I, I, I was out in Wellington last night and not out, out, but like went out for dinner in Courtney Place. And nice. it's busy, man. Like it's yeah. just, just big old everyone out and about. Which mm. is great. It's mm. just still weird to like wrap your head around.
0: Oh, no, I know. I know. I, this is, uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people still not returning because of the the stigma and the fear of, you know, everything that could go wrong with, yeah. with, with stuff about. Um, but, I mean, in comparison to up here, Auckland Central, I've been talking to people while I've been at work. And it's it's not what it was. There's less people, uh, like in Queen Street and High Street and stuff like that. Um, well, that's what they've said
1: about Wellington that the real issue is is the the business CBD because it's all the mm, people working from home that are happy mm, to stay from home. Whereas I think the uh, you know the the mums and the dads and the, the the people with nothing better to do, like myself, you know, we're out there. <laughs> yeah, we're, good. You know, good. I'm, I'm just out there injecting money into the economy five dollars at a time hey we need it we need it buy local buy local when when the buses stop being free maybe i'll stop injecting (laughs) money into the economy (laughs) it's a that's a good point (laughs) hey um i've got a little question for you
0: oh i like this week
1: man yes and yeah i don't I don't know how to form the question, which is really annoying because I feel like the last two were very easy. Like, what is this? What is Mm -hmm, this? mm -hmm. I can't figure out how to word the question. So it's not going to be really clean. Okay. But my question to you this week is, do you dream? What are your dreaming habits? How have your dreams been during lockdown? Talk to me about like, do you, you, do you dream a lot? Do you remember your dreams? Mm
0: yes and no i i have a really weird relationship with dreams um i find them fascinating for one a a lot of the theater um that i did down in wellington um with uh ben wilson he he writes a lot of his stuff based on dreams and that kind of Mm. like dream architecture and and stuff and how it all works but for yeah for me personally i i don't remember a lot of my dreams i find Mm -hmm. myself waking up surfacing I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm awake now. And I don't go straight into that kind of dream recall. So it's really yeah. hard to, to to find it after the fact. And you'll be, you know, I'll be going through my day and I'm like, oh, is that a memory? Or did that happen last night kind of thing? Um, but the, the big dreams that I really remember are like my nightmares and stuff. Mm. Um, like the, the real scary stuff is what I remember the most.
1: I mean, do you tend to sleep straight through? Like, because obviously this is all, all part of the, oh, yeah. the question. Mm-hmm. Is I think obviously if you sleep straight through, you are minimizing the amount of dreams that you can wake up from, remember, mm. and then. Um, is hippocampus a related word? I think it might be.
0: It sounds like a good word.
1: I think hippocampus relates to dream memory.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Either yeah. I'm right or I'm
0: completely wrong, but but I it think I right. think
1: hippocampus has something to do with the the that part of your, your brain. Because I guess where I've where I've come from this is, you know, I've had conversations with people, news articles and yeah, 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 about people having really intense different dreams over the the lockdown period because mm. probably linked to us all having, you know, shared anxieties and continual anxieties and and yeah, I was just I was interested as to whether you have dreams quite a lot and it it sounds like it sounds like you don't which no nah, no nah, i mean I, not nah. that i would have would have described you as a dreaming person or a not <laughs> not dreaming person but i i kind of expected you to say yeah this and
0: that and, and this and that but nah. so you say
1: so you say nightmares are, are ones that you remember more often maybe the most, because you wake up from them
0: well yeah exactly i'm waking up from them and i'm like i'm thinking about that stuff straight away mm. um Whereas, I mean, I have found myself dreaming a little bit during lockdown, but not to the point where like anxiety might be coming into play or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I find my dreams tend to be quite mundane because I have had conversations with the people about dreams and how, you know, it, it's almost that inception when the movie inception, when the dream starts to realize that it's in a dream or that there's mm-hmm. something going wrong with it, you can actually you know, start to take control. Um, yeah, lucid dreaming, yeah. Yeah, exactly, lucid dreaming. Whereas I I never have that. So I can wake up and remember a dream and it's like really mundane. Yeah. Um, and obviously while we're dreaming, we don't know how long the things are in segments mm. or seconds and stuff, but mine are quite segmented, but they all kind of draw into each other. But it's yeah. real mundane, nothing, nothing crazy. So it's a real mundane. So it's hard for me to realize that I'm dreaming in the moment. I've literally... I've, I've woken up, uh, in the morning from it, from a dream. And I've been like, Oh, Oh, okay. We are, Yeah. We're back. We're here. Okay. This is a normal it probably, life. It <laughs> probably
1: reflects your state of, your state of mind in that. I think I remember reading an article once that, that was talking about how people with, uh, the ability to just sort of shut their mind off at the end of the day and, not necessarily be people that don't stress, but those are people that you know. When you're going to bed and you say it's time for sleep, it's time for sleep. Mm. And you just conk
0: out. Yeah, that's the, exactly what I do. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm out like a light.
1: Wow, that's. I mean, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> not complaining. I'm not
0: complaining. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Because I've I've had a lot of a lot of dreams over the last couple of months, and I've always been like. I, like you said, I've always been fascinated by, by dreams, as I think you know, lots of people are. And mm. in 2014, um, my 2014 New Year's resolution, 2013, crossing over to 2014, was to uh, start a dream diary. I don't know oh, why, yeah. uh, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I've I've never been really a New Year's resolution kind of person. But I was like, you know what, this would be kind of cool and I can stick to it. So, yeah, in first year uh, in the halls at Vic... I had a dream diary that would sit beside my bed and I would, uh, I basically tried to train myself that if I woke up from a dream to not just go straight back to sleep, to take like the two minutes to write mm. some notes down mm. um, to see if, you know, if it would make me have more dreams or see how many dreams that maybe, you know, you wake up in the night you remember a dream, you think oh, I'll remember this in the morning, but then maybe you, you don't. I mean, who knows how many times that happens to us and we don't remember them. Yeah. And it was really interesting, man. Like I, it was exponential the amount of times that I was dreaming and then waking up and then making myself write down notes. And eventually, I think after like two months, I had to just stop it because it was affecting my sleep so much. Because yeah, yeah, I yeah. think my, my brain and my body was training itself to, if I was having a dream, to wake up from it yeah, that it would be okay to break sleep, and I think it just it became so unnatural how often I was breaking my own sleep to write to write the notes. Interesting. Um, I haven't been able to find find that diary. I think it is. Oh, I that would it,
0: that. Nah, you got to find that. That'd be if a, I find be a it at some point read.
1: We can have ext- extracts of a dream diary. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I've. I mean, I have I've been tracking my dreams for a while, but I I spend a bit of time thinking about them, and yeah, there was so there's. I've been watching quite a lot of Survivor over the mm-hmm. like lockdown period, just a sort of like light TV, just as I found that that was what I was enjoying consuming, just light stuff that I didn't have to engage with too much with all like the the media and the news cycle and everything that was going mm-hmm. on during mm-hmm. lockdown. And the most interesting dream that I've had over the last, say, 10 weeks or so was, I think, at the end of last week, maybe around the time we did the podcast, maybe a couple of days after. um, And I had this, I had a dream where it was a Survivor episode and it was so <laughs> realistic because there were specific people from the Survivor show, um, people that watched Survivor, Rupert, Tyson, like legends of the show, that were there as well as new people. And when I woke up the next morning, I was able to describe, um, like, for what I would say be five minutes of description of like a two episode survivor narrative that I'd been in and what had happened and stuff. Wow. I was like, this is this, even for someone like me, I, I have a lot of dreams. I was like, this is an unnaturally long narrative to not only have a dream of, but to be able to describe at like midday the next morning. Um, And yeah, since, since then the last few weeks, I keep having all sorts of very, very vivid dreams. Like, played for the all blacks a couple of nights ago <laughs> but but not just like played for the all blacks it was played for the all blacks and then people around me like you or or i think you know mates from wellington were reacting to me playing for the all blacks yeah with the absurdity that it would be for me to play for the all blacks like i told them like <laughs> yeah I, I played a test at wing and they're like what are you talking about in the actual Quality of reaction that anyone would have. Yeah, yeah, if yeah, that yeah, 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 If that was real, yeah. yeah. Very, very strange. But, oh, that's weird. But yeah, I just thought I'd. I've yeah, just been thinking about dreams the last last week or so. It'd be interesting to know if if there are lots of people out there have been dreaming more, and maybe it's linked to just sort of general anxiety of people. But man, it sounds like you're whatever, however, whatever you're doing, however you're doing it, your sleep quality is great. My, and maybe yeah. I need you to send me some some notes on how to just. Okay. Just yep. chill
0: out. I hey I can do that. Maybe I you could can write a that. small
1: book. Little self help, little dossier. Oh yeah. The way they yeah. have a night's nice sleep.
0: Yeah. No, I've have just I, yeah. No, I hey, I will. I'll chuck it out. I've just I've always been a very, yeah, chill grounded person. So if that just goes into my sleep cycle then I'm quite happy. But I do, I really do sleep like a, a rock. Um but no, I, I I like it. But I I mean like you were saying you know, if we move on with, uh, with the anxiety of everything that's kind of going on in the world at the moment and this next topic that we're going to start talking about, um, it's a conversation that I've had with uh, my partner, Rachel, and I know it's a, a, you've had a small conversation with your partner, Fran, about the mm. same. Um, but yeah, the, the big thing I kind of wanted to talk about today was the whole debate about should we be having children? Mm you know should we be having kids in 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 this current climate of the world that we're living in um with everything that's going on you know you can you look to obviously this pandemic um there's um you know protests and things going on uh we know that there's racism in this world there's gender inequality in this world um and you know we we're, we're doing the best that we can for all of those things but you know it's 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 still happening um there's there's climate change going on and uh overpopulation as well so you know all of these things become factors into you know as us as as the next generation and the next ones to uh have children um i've i've been finding people having this conversation about whether we should continue this population in in this current climate and stuff Um, I mean, uh, first off, I mean, what, what's, what's your thoughts just, just on that idea?
1: Well, I've always been someone that's liked the idea of, of having kids. Mm. Um, I have an older sister, Catherine, who's three years older than me. Um, So I grew up in a household of like a a two child household. Um, I don't have a particularly big family, uh, dad's side of the family, uh, Traces sort of a, a Hungarian refugees, immigrants to New Zealand only a couple of generations back. So dad's side of the family is is almost non existent within within New Zealand. So I kind mm. of just grew up with my mum's side of the family. She has three siblings, so we're we're sort of talking like a, a four four households family mm-hmm. growing up. Um and yeah, I've I've always been a I don't want to say like a kid romanticist like the you know the idea of having kids (laughs) yeah yeah have a couple of kids grow up get married have kids Mm -hmm. um not not in the in the extreme sense like i've never you know throughout the last five years ever thought now is the time to have kids or or i don't feel Mm -hmm. super super strongly about like how many kids i want or but i but i have always been someone that has expected to have kids at some point I think only in the last maybe couple of years when I've my like personal development and my, my focus towards career and, and realizing how comfortable I am with the semi selfishness of what I want to achieve for myself and, and my career working within the arts and, and how much I prioritize that. I've kind of realized that that earlier life, uh, perspective on on having kids maybe doesn't necessarily align with actually how i'm living my life at mm. the moment mm. and i think you know I'll, i'm sure other people will have this thing where you go oh well like how old do i want my kid to be when i'm i'm 40 well yeah i, yeah. I want to be i want to be cool <laughs> i want to be cool dad so that means if i'm 40 and i better be 15 and then oh 25 hang on how old am i now I, yeah yeah get started but but yeah i i, I think over the last couple of years i've realized that 0% of my brain has has been thinking about having kids anytime soon mm. i mean i'm i'm 24 and i mean we can go into a whole secondary debate about you know centuries ago people have kids at 18 and 19 yeah. and what's the usual yeah. and what's what's the norm but i also don't know that many people who have kids no like, Um, high school I don't have any people that I knew in secondary school particularly well that had had kids young Um, even at the moment I don't have particularly strong ties with 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 really anyone maybe that's a reflection of like the size of my family but I think I probably haven't thought about it that much in the last in the last couple of years and it's only now like you say with with the debate um, about you know ethics of of kids and, and looking at the size of family and the climate Change that i i'm now starting to actually try and reassess how i feel about kids not even from like a relationship partnership family Mm. perspective Mm. just purely from from the the ethics of it i mean what what about you
0: no that that's that's exactly where where i'm at with it you know i'm the same i've always wanted to this idea of having kids and having a family and stuff like that i mean our, our family is quite small and i'm an only child Mm-hmm. um so growing up it was very much like i want to have like a a football sized family um and all of this and, and and yeah all of those kind of dreams and, and and things you want with with the family and what it comes with um but yeah really lately I, and i'd probably say a few years ago you know with watching everything as you're saying that's going on in the world and climate change and everything like that it, it's it's really started to reassess um yeah reassess if it's viable and if it's fair um bringing a, a a child into this world um i mean i'll start hitting you with with some with some stuff that hmm. you know is kind of the, the things that uh, the reason why so our, our current world population is about 7.8 billion people
1: mm-hmm.
0: um i think about 16 percent of that is in uh, india and nineteen percent of that is just in China alone. Um, and if you think back to the Industrial Revolution back in the mid great time. To you be go- alive. you remember it? I remember yeah, it as I do, well. I do oh remember good time. It, well. it was a good time. Um, <laughs> mid eighteenth century there was only eight hundred yeah. million people in the world. So the Industrial Revolution really just started kicking everything off. Um, you know, we had uh, yeah, revolutions of medicine, technology, agriculture, finance and transport and everything just started kicking up in numbers. And because of this overpopulation um, and this, you know, condensed cities and living and stuff like that, um, we really have started to see the effects of climate change um, and global warming. The, the, the world is warming up. Um, and because we have more people in the world. Uh, we're seeing human exploitation of um, natural resources mm-hmm. um, our natural resources are starting to run out and when they start to run out wars begin to happen um, because people want to hold on to the last amount of resources that we have um, the environment's yeah slowly starting to to kick back at us we have forest fires going on in um, what well, we've had Brazil, Australia, um, California is now their fires all year. the time, every year. Um, we're still having deforestation and cutting down our trees. We've got desertification because the climate's changing, clouds and rain is moving elsewhere. So all of a sudden you have the drying up of certain places. Um, and then with the buildup of greenhouse gases and everything like that, you start seeing the extension of uh, extinct, extinction of animals and plants, um, stores, uh, storms, rising sea levels. Um, mm. and you know, all of this stuff is going on and it was a big thing that started kicking off a few years ago that, you know, that we've started seeing this happen. And, you know, now that the world is really starting to focus on a pandemic, um, and all of this inequality in the world, it's hard to see, Um, what we're doing for climate change at the moment because um i think a thing that i found that the world economic forum uh does they try and list the the top things that are going to affect the world Mm. um and a few years ago um it was actually infectious diseases um interstate and civil wars and economic crisis um Take it, them off, bingo. It, and I, exactly, and now, and now, now they classified this as a few years ago, um, and you know the big things that we really needed to start thinking about um, is weapons of mass destruction, extreme weather events, water crises, ma- major natural disasters, and the failure actions uh, to do against climate change, and those are the ones lately that are things that you know we need to start trying to figure out. But everything that's happened this year in 2020, pandemic, uh, civil wars, and um, economic crisis, is it's all happening right now. So it's easy for all of these things to slowly start being pushed back, and it's just getting in this cycle and cycle of oh no, there's worse things than climate change going on at the moment. But I mean, there's not because they say in about 30 years' time, twenty twenty fifty. Um, world population could get to 10 10 billion people and Mm. then that's when the effects of climate change will be irreversible Um, so you know let's say we have a kid now and and then they're 30 and then they'll be having kids you know so it's i'm really starting to think about is it you know is it even fair to bring children into this world with we know that this stuff is going to start happening and all we can really do about it is mitigate it and reduce it. We can't stop climate change. It's happening, but how can we mitigate it and reduce it? Um, I think
1: there's a couple of different, there's a number of different subtopics within this. One is, one is the question, which I think you've, you've kind of just, just formulated, which is how do we feel about exposing family? Yeah. Our our yet to be born into this world, family to what we perceive to be a a world that is only going to be filled with more with more issues. That's more one issues. question. Yeah, I think a second question is with with what we know about climate change and how we contribute to climate change as individuals. Mm. Is it ethical for us to to have kids when we know that the single greatest contribution you can make either positively or negatively to climate change as an individual is to not have kids like Mm. you create a child you create a whole nother person a Mm. whole nother life's worth of of emissions based on 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 that person i think that's that has probably been where my brain has gone to Mm. more recently around Mm. the ethics of of creating another person that creates emissions and it's interesting that uh my mum and dad who i mean they have have two kids um born in well i was born in 95 Catherine 1992 um they feel quite strongly about ethically now not people shouldn't have more than i mean I think... Putting a cap I on it, understand. So what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't... I've never heard them say people shouldn't have more than two kids, but I think it's when they often express that people that have three or four or four or five kids, they're really, really against that. Mm. And I've been quite surprised by by how outspoken they are, just within the social politics of our kitchen or whatever, that they feel strongly about how irresponsible it is for for people now to be creating... Uh, bigger families, which is not necessarily something that our parents' generation I, I would consider to think about. Which I think is I think is really positive for all the mm-hmm. stick that older generations get about yeah. not being climate conscious. Uh, I find it really positive that they're talking about that, even though it's not their generation. Uh, they can do nothing about that other than if they were to try and convince me to not, not have kids, you know, like this yeah, is one yeah. thing that they actually can't really influence. I mean, sure. I know there's there's parents out there that pressure their kids to have kids. So for grandchildren, I feel like there's probably not that many people that decide to have children purely based on their parents wanting grandchildren. I'm sure yeah. there are. <laughs> um, But yeah, I, I mean, in this growing up, romanticism family married whatever i think i'd probably always considered like three kids to be yeah a, a good idea that probably came from i don't know like the idea of siblings wanting to get on i and again we can't understand what it's like to have a child and then feel like you want another child and then to feel like you want to have another child yeah. we we you can't experience that on that whatever that feeling that a those emotions that happen when you become a parent, we won't know. But my perspective on it now is that I really can't see myself thinking it to be ethical to have more than, certainly not more than two. Mm. Mm. Obviously your question then becomes as one too many, (laughs) Um, you know, is is zero, is zero the way to to go? And Mm. I mean, it'd be interesting if we were to like, I don't know. Create some poll of of our generation, people our age. I'd be interested to see how many people are really sure at the age of you know twenty two to twenty six, say people, how many people there are that are that are super certain they don't want kids. Mm. I think there would actually be quite quite a lot. I yep. think we live in a world maybe, and maybe that's just within New Zealanders. I mean, we can go into a whole discussion about how different countries perceive the importance of family or like the legacy of kids i mean Mm, i I mm. feel like within america there is a very strong big family legacy children save away for your kids college education Mm. carry your name onwards that i don't think is as present in in new zealand i mean you can look at a country like japan who kind of quite famously over the last few years there i believe I i need to actually check the stats on it but from from articles and stuff I've read about it, their population rate is decreasing mm. because their birth rates are are so low. Like people yep. almost dying at the same rate that people are, are living. And like, mm. where does that come from within Japan's culture, as opposed mm. to somewhere like America or, as you said, China, India, where obviously populations continue to influx. To grow, I feel yeah. like within New Zealand, if I was to take a stab at at, at a guess there would be a higher proportion of people that don't want kids or don't see themselves having kids for whatever reason than maybe people would expect. Um, Yeah. And so, so just to cap, I feel like most of my thinking about having kids is think is thinking about the ethics of, of creating a child and what that does for the world Mm. rather than thinking about do I want to expose mm. a child to the world in 30 years? Yeah. That, that doesn't, doesn't mean that I'm not fearful of, of the future. Yeah. Certainly. I, certainly I am in, in a sizable capacity, but I think, my brain is more leaning towards one way than the other way, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah,
0: no, that, that, that makes sense. That makes total sense. I mean, it's I, I remember a few years ago, I mean, this is kind of in line, but not really. Uh, I, a few years ago, we were talking about how you had started cutting off eating beef. Um, because obviously, um, the farming and cows is a big uh leader methane. into methane into Oh methane. Yeah, exactly, into the, the atmosphere and, and greenhouse gases and all of that kind of stuff. So I did the same thing. I actually started laying off um beef myself. I I must say, I I still dabble. I still dabble. Um, but considerably I've I've completely cut that down. Um, and I mean, you know, there's, there's so many things we can start doing, you know, shopping more sustainably and, and fair trade and making sure that we're, you know, going to the, um, right stores that are doing it the right way. Um, you know, um, biking more, you know, less cars on the road, less emissions, um, uh, saving power at home. I, I, I saw the other day simply, you know, covering the pot when you're boiling the water, covering the pot, uh, actually ends up using less electricity. So it'll save you money in the long run, but you're really? using less. Yeah. But you're using less power and they say pressure cooking is actually the most sustainable way of cooking because it's using the, the pressure and the, and the cooker it's in the name, um, and using less energy to actually cook the food that's going on. Um, other simple things like reusing your cooking oil that you, that you use, um, mm. Usually people just tip it down the drain, and then that goes into our waters and our waterways and things like that. Um, so there's, a, a, you know, there is so many solutions and things that we can do to to start cutting down. But, um, yeah, it's 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 interesting what you say about the the whole ethics of, you know, if you're going to cut eating meat to help the environment, then you're right. We should not have children to help yeah. the environment. Um, and and two different ways to... you can look at it.
1: Not to use Survivor in every topic we have on this episode, <laughs> but, but honestly, there is there's a natural tie here. Um, f- sort of every season within Survivor, there's always an episode where they sort of have the family visits. episode, yep. I th- generally, it tends to be like the final, you know, eight or ten people, the, the their families come and see them, and it's all big and emotional. And, mm-hmm. and there was whatever the season was or a couple of seasons ago, I remember someone someone's family turning up and it was one of the survivor contestants partner and like five kids and i just remember a feeling with within me i mean uh, disgust seems too too heavy of a word mm-hmm. or, or um i mean disappointment doesn't seem seem right but but there was a certain reaction in me and and these kids were were within a certain range you know it wasn't like they they had a 20 year old kid all the way to a newborn it was probably five kids within like a six or seven year age range and and it just got me to pose the question of of like why do you need so many
0: kids i Mm. mean
1: Mm. of i mean i i would never suppose to to make opinions based on every single person in, in the world that wants to have kids but but just that simple question why do you need to have so many kids what what is it about People that they feel the need to to have, have more young versions of themselves? Is it based in, like, loneliness? Like, never wanting to have to live the rest of your life with just your partner? Like, running out of, of new people to have in the household? Mm-hmm. Is it a... I'm sure some people have kids because they want there to be as many new versions of themselves to have success you know people who are really like legacy children particularly mm. within the the states driven but yeah i remember seeing that episode and just and had this like negative reaction i was just thinking like why, why do you need that why? many children why do you need that many children which yeah. see, seems like a really judgmental thing to say but then but also you know and that's not to say I'm i'm sure i i definitely grew up with people that were within you know families that had three or four older siblings or and that's obviously not to say anything about the kids. You don't get to choose how many siblings you have. We have absolutely no, you didn't choose to be an only child. I didn't choose to be a, a second child of two. Mm. Obviously nothing against kids. You don't get to decide, you know, how you were brought into the world. But, but I think the generation now of parents, I would hope that there would be less and less families creating more and, more kids yeah i don't know it seems like a funny thing to question because in some amount it feels like not really my part to question but then also like you say we are getting increasingly more global about about how we think and how we feel about Mm. the actions of Mm. others and, and maybe maybe the point is why shouldn't we have an opinion on that and and yeah just before when i was i was thinking about the fact that we're going to come on and talk about this, I've, I was thinking about the whole China and one child policy is kind yeah, of yeah. You know, famously something that we, when we were growing up, it was like some point in our childhood, we learned the fact of like, well, just, you know, China, like China, one child policy. And I was just thinking, what would, what would happen if the United Nations came out and just made a declaration worldwide that you only only allowed to have one child or only allowed to have two children or, you know, I Can only imagine the the absolute storm that would be would be created from people talking about you know personal freedoms and and right to all sorts of things. But yeah, that, I was just thinking about that today. Five percent of my brain went, well, actually, China had the right idea." You know, <laughs> <Yes>. obviously that's <laughs> not what I'm I'm saying, but <laughs> but you know that's kind of where you know China's example specifically comes from. You know. Politics of that that country and that nation and their growth and how they feel about those sorts of things. Obviously, I'm not trying to translate to the rest of the world, mm. but in in a like in a gross space one dimensional sense, that's kind of the conversation that we are having at the moment.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I agree, I agree. I I've I've thought about exactly that same same idea um, of it happening because it is. It's, it's we can we can still get what we want, but it's we can try and try and save a little bit more um, in, in all aspects of life really than having a big, big family and stuff like that. But, you know, I guess quickly on the other side of it, it's like my thought is, yes, we should be having kids, whether that's hmm. um, the amount, you know, not a big family or just keeping that conscious in mind when we are uh, wanting to create a family um, because I think it's up to us, which we've been really seeing globally in our generation, um, that we can pass what we know on to our children so we will never go back to to what we were before i mean that's a hard yeah. thing to say because it's human nature who knows what's going to happen but i think us as well as human beings right now we have a responsibility to pass on the knowledge that we know onto that next generation so not that they have to save the world but that they have better understanding of where we've come from and what not to do and how we can actually make this world a more i mean, it's gonna sound cheesy but a more peaceful place you know like we we all dream dream of utopias and things like that and you look at a lot of a lot of pop culture and uh, literature and tv and films the amount of dystopian stuff that we have because we know that it could easily go that way so yeah i think we can we we have an obligation then to yeah to 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 make the next generation the strongest that they could possibly be.
1: Yeah, and you just have to look at someone like Greta Greta Thunberg. Yeah. and The effects yeah. that she's had. You all you have to say is, well, if Greta Thunberg's parents hadn't had her, then, and arguably like. A lot of what has happened regarding climate change protests in the last couple of years mm. wouldn't have happened, mm-hmm. and if that child hadn't been born, then that circle of activism would have never happened. So I, I I absolutely see your point, and I think there's some validity to that. That if you know there is a a uh, an activation of younger generations like you and I, we would consider ourselves quite quite old, but sorry, we would consider ourselves quite young. Mm. But then you look. At the fact that there are fifteen-year-olds in secondary schools in New Zealand, you know, taking days off to protest things, and we go, "Wow, they're almost they're not <laughs> yeah, a generation yeah. younger than us." But actually, these these young people are probably more, not necessarily more active than us. But if you bring children into the world that are educated on these matters and, and want to 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 fight for those matters, then you know, maybe it is helpful to have new young people to come in and, mm. and, and mm. take a stand against against the older generations and I mean it's just simple maths I guess if everyone had one child two people have one child then the population would decrease so yeah. obviously uh, you know it, <laughs> that that I, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the maths is that how up. it
0: works I think so take two
1: two, two makes one two, one, two people one, eventually die and two. there's one left and then they partner up i think yeah we'll have to crunch the numbers we'll, but
0: we'll, yeah we'll figure that out
1: but yeah i think i think it's a it is a debate that will obviously just continue to be increasingly oh, for sure personal yeah like person person to person and some people don't want kids for completely different reasons so some true people don't yeah. want to be in long-term relationships some people have no interest in and parentage as as a concept and that's kind of what i i i hinted at earlier Mm. saying you know Mm. at the moment i very little of my brain is interested in in thinking about that aspect of life yeah there may be you know where you know in our mid-20s it may be that we get to our early 30s and actually 50 percent of our generation has realized over that five-year period oh we're not finished doing careers or exploring Mm, or like mm. that element that element of of who we are as an age group may impact on on what proportion of us have kids in a completely different way to you know actively making the decision because of like the ethics of it or the climate change ramifications of it you know maybe 70 percent of our age group doesn't have kids because we selfishly want to travel or we don't want to be tied down and, you know, <laughs> that, that could be a true. good, good, yeah. Yeah, good true. thing, bad thing. But we, we just don't really know. And as, as we said, last, last episode, things change day to day and week to week and, and year to year. And I think probably the decision to bring a child into the world will continue to be, I'm sure it's always it's always a meaningful conversation and a a really long, serious decision for a a lot of people. But I expect for our generation, it will continue to be more and more contentious,
0: person to person, Mm. couple to couple, Mm.
1: community to community.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, so true, so true. I mean, we'll have to. It's interesting.
1: we'll, we'll We'll check back in. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe we'll have, you and I'll have no kids. We might be in, infertile for, for all you know. For- <laughs> Adoption's a whole nother conversation.
0: Oh my, that, it's so true. That is a whole nother conversation of conversations. I mean, yeah. that,
1: that is the ethics of, of adoption versus, you know, it's like, you know, heavy, not heavy, <laughs> eagle, eagle, not eagle-eyed. What, what's, what's the equivalent? Eagle-eyed. What's the equivalent for ears? fox Yeah. I don't know. Uh, People with good ears will yes. have perhaps noticed some meowing within the uh, within the podcast yes. coming from Matt's end of things. Yeah, um, I mean it's a similar conversation to to cats. I know a lot of people at the moment, you know, who are trying to get cats from the SPCA mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or you know, a friend of ours, uh, Chris, Chris and Aaron. Who you may not, may or may not know this. They've just adopted a cat from the Cats Protection League, five-year-old cat, and I thought, good for you. Nice. Um oh, good. I mean, similar questions to to adoption there. Um, yeah, a really, really good conversation topic that I think probably people aren't having that. Often, no. I know. Well, I, I guess I mean I guess I, not at the you moment. You
0: know what I mean? Like with with yeah. everything out, and I think that's the hard thing in in life and the conversations that we have is like I mean, trending. Like what's trending? You know, like I said earlier, climate change was really trending everywhere uh for quite a long time, and it still is. Don't get me wrong, but mm. you have all of these massive events going on in the world right now. It's easy for things to be swept under the rug and just not talked about at all.
1: Yeah hmm we'll continue to ponder it we will hey i do want to ask you a really quick question yes i know i know it won't be long won't be a long conversation but (laughs) it's it's itching me and and we've got enough time so i want to ask you let's get in there um just to keep little dashes of of acting conversation within within the podcast because that is kind of what we're selling ourselves that's what we're here for um one of the books i've been reading over over lockdown sanford meisner's on acting sanford meisner one of the kind of key methodologists within acting particularly uh in america and the whole like stanislavsky tree of, of acting um read you a real quick excerpt and i just want to see what you think about it that's right i told lee that when he was alive i said to him you introvert the already introverted all actors i said like all artists are introverted because they live on what's going on in their instincts and to attempt to make that conscious is to confuse the actor do you think all actors are intro- introverts oof mm. there's a wider conversation yeah. to be had about introverts extroverts yeah uh we sit on myers briggs but just
0: yeah something
1: i've been thinking about the Uh, i'll act as introverts
0: that's interesting i mean like you said that is a whole nother conversation because like for me for me growing up i was always kind of an extrovert like i was Mm. always really extroverted and don't get me wrong i still am but lately i would say over the past few years i have found myself to become a little bit more introverted
1: becoming more introverted yeah
0: exactly and i hear you you, man and i i mean whether that's environmental personal and you know everything going on or or has it because i've 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 actually been in the peak of my acting over these past few years so have i started to kind of take that on a little bit more in in the way that i'm acting i I mean yeah uh, you're very right i guess as us as actors we kind of want to be able to um be in the moment with it all. You know, there's so many different methods and and ways of acting, um, which people take on at work and, and don't. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, just to answer that question, I wouldn't say all actors are introverts, but
1: I mean that's a it's a broad sweeping oh,
0: of 100% yeah. of anything is never going to be true. anything. No, so true. But I think I mean in relation to me lately over these past few years when I have been doing a lot of acting I have I have been a bit of an introvert. Mm. Um and I mean I, I I don't know I think it helped. I think I've been doing a pretty good job. Um and I think yeah. there's
1: an element that when people perceive actors and people within you know those uh, our industries often the presumption is that because they are public figures they're extroverts mm. people think oh i've seen this person play a character on screen or i've seen them be a really you know loud personal you know on person on stage or on character oh we presume they're extroverts i find myself more and more often when you're in, watching interviews you know, of, of actors behind the scenes of stuff finding that far more often than not you find actors do the thing where like, well, actually I'm quite a quiet person or actually yeah, I, yeah. I don't like social interaction or, or actually this stuff stresses me out. And mm. I don't think I was asking the question to, to say, do you believe a hundred percent of it actors are introverted? No, It's more of a question. Uh, do we feel that the more you commit to acting as a profession and as a career more, there becomes more of a tendency to develop the introverted? side of your personality. And maybe that relates to the difficulty of the career path, like kind of the mm, loneliness mm. of having to commit to a career in, in the arts wherein, you know, fundamentally you, you act with other people, yeah, but it's kind of, you can only ever act for yourself.
0: Oh, you know? No one can ever yeah, act and for and you. It is a yep. solo job. And that internal process that comes with all of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and constantly your, your interactions with, with people, um are often framed around not being yourself and Mm. so you we constantly have to ask the questions of like who we are what is our identity like as a person what is our identity as a character Mm. figuring out how you feel about about embodying other people for stage or, or or screen you know how do you feel about method acting how do you feel about playing parts of people that are absolutely nothing to do with you does that mean that as actors, even if we're not introverted as kids growing up, is there a a fundamental slide or towards being an introvert or or an enhancement of the introverted side of our personality? You know, if you consider yourself twenty percent introverted and eighty percent extroverted, does it come fifty fifty? If you're fifty fifty to start with, does it boost itself up to mm. seventy five, twenty five? Is there a something about acting as a lifestyle and and a career that that means that because so much of what we do is character and play and fun and putting on an act does that mean that there almost has to be a more significant development of of who we are as uh, as people you know in our own space when we're not interacting with those those other people um yeah maybe we'll spend a whole maybe we'll spend a whole podcast and and a few weeks talking about yeah. it because i would love to get your thoughts on on introverted extroverted both just generally with with friends people we know life outside mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. of acting but also how that relates to our industry and and maybe just we could we could talk about the 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 mental health sides of of committing to acting and and deciding to take that lifestyle on and and what happens to you when you kind of go through the university period or the early 20s and you decide actually this is the only thing that I, i want to do how does that affect our brains as sort of young people embarking on what traditionally has been considered to be very very difficult line of work lifestyle (laughs) yeah put whatever you want what in in there yeah Yeah, maybe we should maybe we can have a bigger Uh,
0: yeah i think i think we should do that because uh, i mean everything that you just spoke to right then i have a story for um cool i've yeah i yeah i've definitely had a journey with my process and my introvert extrovertness um yeah so no i think yeah i think we should do that i think we could expand on this quite often uh, quite often quite a lot
1: well, we'll just leave it there as a as a juicy little a little tidbit. a little tidbit, maybe,
0: a little teaser.
1: Maybe it'll be next episode, maybe a few episodes from now, maybe in 2022 just when just when people are starting to think you know what, they're never ever going to come back to that topic that they said they would. Then then we'll bring it up.
0: Yeah, true. Hold us accountable people. Hold us accountable.
1: Yeah. Of <laughs> course. Of course we must be. Yeah, definitely. Um awesome, bro. Let's leave it there for this week. Yeah, nice. That was that was yeah, like I said, a conversation um, surrounding the the conversation about, about kids and climate change and the ethics of that that I think needs to be had more mm. and I think is a good conversation to be had now with people that aren't necessarily on the brink of deciding whether to have kids or not. It's worthwhile having that conversation with a wide range of people because I'm sure there are people who feel strongly about the Ethics of, of of climate change and being responsible people that uh, they could sway. You know, I, yep. I'm open to being to being swayed about it. But yeah, thanks for thanks for bring bring that up. I really enjoy talking about
0: it. No, that's all right. Thank you for uh, wanting to talk about it. Um, and also thank you for all of you out there listening. Uh, this has been the Bros and bros podcast. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here, tuning in. Keep tuning in. Uh, and as we always say, uh, if you like it, let us know. Have a good one. Thanks, James. See you
1: later, man. Stop the press. We thought we were done. We were done. We hung up. We had a chat. Matt has forgotten to divulge some crucial information. (laughs) Dare I say, maybe the only information thus far that justifies the name of the podcast yeah <laughs> the no, bros it, the bros and brews podcast matt what do you got to say for yourself
0: um no it's so true i um i i realized that uh what is it today is june 13th um today in my alternate reality alternate universe right now where i should be overseas um i would be in bruges in bruges or in bruges in in Bruges and in oh, Bruges In Bruges, in in Bruges. Bruges. yeah i uh, i would i would literally be there right now i mean this thing wouldn't be happening but i would be there
1: this is true and dare i say a sad replacement for a a sweet sweet day in
0: how long were you meant to be in Bruges for uh 3 days
1: 3 days in Bruges well maybe tonight you'll just you'll cuddle up in front of uh Colin Farrell <laughs> On the big screen mm. have a, have a dare I say brew of some sort oh definitely, um, and you can just close your eyes, maybe you run the podcast at the same time as the movie, and Ooh. the combination of all that will just give you a a really poor representation of what what it would have been <laughs> like in bruges yeah,
0: and no, i'll get I'll get meta with it, <laughs>
1: but yeah, sorry
0: that you're not there.
1: We felt we had to come back and 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 at least mention the fact that Matt was meant to be in Bruges at the moment. And and you'll get there eventually, my friend. I'll it get will there. happen. We'll do. Will. We will do a podcast in Bruges. All the pieces will come together. <sighs> it will be incredibly meta. Oh it'll be gosh. the Bros and Brews podcast in Bruges. In Bruges, no, probably just Bros and Brews in and yeah, bro- Bruges.
0: Yeah, Bros and Bruges with Bruise.
1: Yeah, and if we stay in a B and B in Bruges, it'll be the B and B
0: Bros and
1: Brews in Bruges podcast. Bruges
0: bros the b and b and b and b and b b
1: B and b lots of b's
0: i like it (laughs) nice
1: glad we've clarified that (laughs) yeah that's truly the end see you later boy.